Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle. And build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit FreelanceToFounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, you might have potential clients hiding right under your nose. In fact, our guest Jim finds himself exactly in that situation. Jim's deciding when to pull the trigger and take his business full time, a decision which becomes a little easier when Jim realizes he's got a somewhat reliable source of leads right in front of his face. Add to that some unexpected but helpful long-term marketing strategies from Clay and me, and we've got the ingredients for a really great episode here. It all starts after this quick message from our sponsors. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co. And joining me on the air, as always, is my good friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey, Clay. Hey, man. How's it going? Things are good, man. Uh, excited for today's episode. We're going to chat here in a minute with Jim, who's calling in to talk about his freelance business. Jim, um, welcome to the show. And why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're working on? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Um, my name's my name is uh, Jim Cruzan, and I am a Salesforce consultant in Chesapeake, Virginia. I'm literally probably as the bird flies, only about eight miles to the coast. And I have just been so encouraged by you guys and your podcast. I, you know, normally mm-hmm. I, I listen to you guys at the gym at double speed, so it's a little bit of an adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll talk fast. So we'll try to talk a little faster. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, and but you guys have been such an encouragement, and your 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 guests have been really an encouragement to me in the sense of thinking. Well, you know, I've been kind of running a side hustle for a while. And I really feel like I can develop this into kind of full-time agency if I put the right work in, but I'm at a crossroads where I've been working as kind of a Salesforce solution architect, managing a team at a, at a daily, regular, full-time W2 job. Uh, but I've had a side hustle where I've been kind of doing Salesforce consulting work with two clients. And I'm just at a point where I think I'm ready for the transition to time to jump into a um, a, a full time uh, consulting role, so to speak, with my own mm. with my own mm-hmm. freelance business, and uh, and I feel like you know I have a, I feel like I have a lot of competencies and I have a lot of things that are really going for me, but one area where I I feel like I don't have really any experience or any competency is. Um, how to market and sell because in order for me to lose, to leave my W big one. Yeah. And, and, and so often, like when I look at the options out there, like there, there are so many books, there's so many websites, there's, there's so much advice Mm. and I feel like I need a strategy, but I'm not even sure how to get started with that. Um, and that's why I wanted to kind of bounce some ideas off of you guys today. Well, I love that. I, um, Mm -hmm. I think Clay and I are going to have a lot to say about that. We're both uh, sort of marketers by trade and and just naturally as well. We just come by marketing um, naturally. We enjoy it. So before we dive into that, though, why don't you paint us a little bit of a picture for both me and Clay and the listeners of, of kind of what your business looks like? You know, what, what do your clients look like? What kind of work do you do for them? Just paint us a yeah. clear picture here. Yeah, so I have two active clients I'm doing uh, Salesforce Consulting with and kind of uh, I was just kind of balancing that with my, my day job. So, I mean, I, I'm pretty structured and I'm pretty busy, but you know, I, I've been able to kind of integrate everything into my life. Um, but I, I just feel like I'm at a crossroads where it really is time to either, you know, to kind of make a change. And if I'm going to, to delve into it, it's, you know, I, I'm trying to just figure out, okay, what's the best step forward, uh, to kind of expand and grow from here. And so, and I, that's, that's really, um, and where I feel like I'm, I'm lacking is to figure out, okay, what steps do I need to take to kind of sell this? So, uh, yeah, I mean, like Clay said, that's a huge piece, right? Um, this happens so often where, you know, we might be a, a skilled freelancer or creative or just a skilled worker in a certain field, but, but we have no training on how to actually sell those services. And so, you know, we we uh, we do great at our day job, but then we maybe go freelance or try to do a side hustle, and we f- quickly find out that we have no idea how to actually get our services out to potential clients. I guess for me, the question is like, what part of the business do you enjoy most right now, and where would you like to see yourself working? Well, I think what I really enjoy um, is working with clients uh, and kind of developing the rapport and getting to know them. And even though I've got a lot of technical aptitude, what I would like to see is to get to a point where I have enough work where I can at least start kind of phasing in by bringing in in some contractors that can kind of do a lot of the technical work Mm, and I can kind of work and manage that client relationship. And also kind of um, transition from just kind of doing everything where I'm starting to 
you know, build a, build some of those internal systems that would be needed to kind of uh, build a small yeah. team and build a small practice. And uh, and where I am today, uh, you know, I'm kind of at capacity and mm. I'm just, uh, you know, but knowing that, okay, once once I leave the, the, the regular full-time job, I'm going to have time available. And, right. um, and, and then it's like, okay, how do you, what's going to be the best way to fill that time? Is it just to possibly bring someone on that can help me with marketing? Is it to just delve into my clients and expand those more? Like there, I feel like there's a lot of roads to go, but one thing that I feel like I really need to do is probably try to do some, uh, try to grow. And I, I think that's really what my goal is, is mm. I don't want to be a massive shop, but I'd like to maybe have, you know, 10 clients and a couple of people that just, uh, that I, I really build a team around and, you know, and just, I, I would say kind of do the fun parts of the job, mm. you know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think you're thinking about it the right way. Uh, it, it seems like you have sort of your head on straight in terms of how this might work. And so I, I think you're definitely headed in the right direction. Well, well, Preston, I mean, part of that is because I listened to the show (laughs) and and a lot of you've asked this question a few times. So (laughs) you were ready for me on this one. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so Jim, let's, let's pivot just a little bit here because let's talk about your business moving forward. You know, listeners of the show know that we have this freelancer to founder scale, scale of one to 10, one being a freelancer, 10 being a founder. Um, And everyone who comes on the show fills out this questionnaire. Jim, you obviously did that as well. And um, when you filled out the questionnaire, Jim, you said that you were currently at a three, but you'd like to be at more like a six. Paint for us a picture of what what a six looks like. Um, what's like perfect world scenario maybe a year from now for your business? Well, I I think it's – the big picture is kind of developing a bit of a strategic plan. And I feel like the what I see offering, if I focus this down to one service at least to start, it, it's what – I believe it's called managed services. What I would like to do is offer Salesforce uh, architect slash administrative support to businesses that just don't have Salesforce professionals or can't maintain Salesforce professionals when they hire them because sometimes it's they're just one, they tend to be expensive. Two, um, there's a lot of movement, um, just there's a lot of job turnover in the, in the, in the industry in general. And I feel like, um, there are marketing directors or operation managers that, mm. you know, Salesforce is one of like 10 responsibilities on their plate and they need someone to go to, at least this is kind of what's happened with me and my clients is they need someone to go to. That's kind of an expert at how Salesforce works and can optimize the system for them. And that's kind of what I want to be able to do for additional clients. I know that there are a lot of, and I used to work for one, um, there are a lot of Salesforce consulting agencies out there, but a lot of times what they're working on are like brand new implementations, which I, I'm great and uh, I'm not, well, I'm happy to do, uh, but I feel like there's a, a bit of a, not a void, but I feel like there's really a need for kind of like the ongoing day-to-day support that a lot of businesses have and to continue to work with these larger consulting firms that charge well over $200 yeah. an hour. You know, I feel like there, there's there's play there where I can possibly, I don't want to say undercut the market, but basically price myself competitively and, you know, make a dent into, into an area. 
the one thing I guess I would kind of say also is that much of my work has been in the nonprofit space. And so as much as I like nonprofits, I, I, I kind of feel like I want to expand out more back into kind of regular businesses as well. And so I'm balancing like these ideas of, um, okay, my natural niche is kind of nonprofits just because I have so much experience in that world. Uh, but at the same time, I've also worked, you know, I'm trying to run my own small business now. And I've also worked with, uh, with um, you know, I've worked with small businesses just as an employee in the past as well. And I know many small business owners. So it's, it, it's a world that I feel like I can cross over into. It's just, where should I go to do it? Hmm. So is this a, is this a reach issue? Like, you know, who you want to talk to, you don't know how to get reach within that market? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. I, I think it is. Um, like with Salesforce, they're, they, they have something called the Ohana community, which is kind of like all the Salesforce customers and all the Salesforce users. And they have large conferences and <laughs> Like uh, there's a huge conference, uh, at least before COVID every year in San Francisco, they still have it. It's called Dreamforce. Um, and, you know, I've gone to those, but they're so overwhelming because you get 200,000. They used to get 200,000 people there. And now a lot of that is virtual, but they they have kind of these, um, ne- you know, they have these conferences. They have the Salesforce World Tour that's coming to Washington, D.C., you know, in April, uh, just north of me. And I. I'm not sure that those are really the customers I should be going after or if I should be going like online or if I should be working with like the local chamber of commerce or like, I'm really not sure where, like, this is where I feel like I'm lacking a strategy or lacking an idea of like where to go. Can we, all right. I want to, I want to back up a couple steps. So you have a couple clients right now, right? Yes. Um, and you're at capacity just because you're working a day job? Basically, yes. How many clients, you said you want 10? Uh, I don't know if I have a specific goal, but yes, let's say 10. Okay, yeah, okay. How many would it take for you to to make the jump to full-time? Uh, uh, honestly, one more. One more? Yeah. Could you, are you waiting for that before you make the jump or do you have like, do you have some in savings to just be able to do it or like, well, tell me, tell me me why you haven't made the jump yet. Honestly, it's probably fear. (laughs) I mean, that's a dumb reason I know, but it's just. It's not a dumb reason. reason. It's a very real reason. (laughs) It's a very human reason. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know, I, I guess the reason I haven't done it is, so I have a contract with my main client uh, that runs till August, and they have pushed me a couple of times to kind of come and join on staff with them, but it doesn't make any financial sense for me to do it. Um, in some sense, I, I feel like if I did that, I would just kind of end up in the same position I'm, I am now, maybe in a year where I'm like, sure. all right, now I got to go f- find another client or something just because of the way the market is um, the one thing that's kind of odd in my situation right now. So I have recruiters on LinkedIn that I basically it's every day I get asked to consider something with someone. I mean, the, the, the field is pretty hot. 
Um, so I, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity, but it, it really just kind of comes down to that. I don't want to say fear, but it, it, yeah, I don't really have a good answer for that clay other than it's yeah, it's that anxiety, but I do have, I have about, um, 10 months of expenses saved wow. right now, like in my personal account. Um, I have, I think around 26,000 in cash cleared in the business account. So, I mean, I've, I've saved, you know, I've been saving money pretty much frugally through this. It's just, you know, so I, I think I am positioned to do it, but I'm like, yeah. well, in five months, I could be out of both jobs. So you know, all three. So you have a 10 month burn personally. So the, the cash you have in the bank for the business, how long of a burn is that if you got no new clients? Honestly, my expenses to this point have been almost nothing. Simply because okay. you, I'm more basically you have to pay yourself and yes, you're not paying anyone else or anything. You yeah. got it. Okay. So if, if, uh, if you quit your day job mm -hmm. and you were able to retain these two clients, how long of a burn would that, how long of a runway do you have? Uh, if I took the money from the business and personal, I would have about 15 months. Okay. Yep. You, you have quite a long runway. Yeah, for, yeah. If you have a, you have great, a great runway, runway. now, yeah. if it only takes one more client, if it only takes three clients for you to total for you to make that jump, like I, if I were you, I would do one of two things: either just go ahead and make the jump, okay, because you have a long runway, um, and two, or or two, just wait until you gain that third client and then make the jump. Um, but like, yeah. even with that said though, like I hear what you're saying as far as your question, because the real, the whole re when it comes down to it is like, how do I get new clients? That's what you're asking. Yes. And so my question is, is like, I just want, well, first of all, I just wanted to address that, like you making the jump because that's a very valid fear. Yeah. That, like, especially a lot of people listening to this podcast. And so I wanted to, I wanted to address that first. Okay. Now let's, let's address the, how do I get clients? Um, my question is, how did you get these two clients? Um, so they're the first client I got kind of, I wasn't really even looking. I jumped on LinkedIn and there is a friend of mine that, uh, who has become my bookkeeper. Um, actually, uh, she runs a, a kind of a, she runs a virtual bookkeeping shop and mm -hmm. she said, she asked a question about Salesforce and I answered it and she's like, you're in Salesforce. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, have you thought con of consulting basically? And I'm like, no, not really. And then like that night I jumped on LinkedIn and I found, I found a nonprofit that was looking for Salesforce consulting for 25 hours a week. And I sent them a note and I said, Hey, would you consider 10? And they called me up and they said, sure. And then as, uh, as that kind of, you know, as, as I got to know them and I, you know, it, things have worked out well and I've increased, you know, I figured out my life and I increased some hours to kind of make up that gap to the, not to the 25 hour mark, but close to it. Um, so that's how I got it. And then the second client was referral off of one of the people I worked with at the first client. <laughs> okay. Hold on. I have to stop here because Jim, you are in such a good place. 
Thank you. Which, <laughs> it doesn't which, always feel that way. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. It can be really hard to see that when you are in, right? Because it's like easy for me to say, well, just take the leap, but it's Jim's life, right? So, so yes. I'm always hesitant to say, well, just do it because there's also other stuff that maybe we don't know about and maybe you don't necessarily need to share publicly, right? But there could be other thing, other <laughs> considerations besides just how much money you have in the bank or whatever. But here's why I say you're in a really good place because twice now we've kind of blown past this fact that is that you're getting requests on linkedin and getting referrals from linkedin and and clearly you're doing linkedin marketing well because because you answered one question and got a client from it right so mm-hmm. for me Basically, for me so yes, i do almost <laughs> yeah so so chris so chris gillibo okay chris gillibo one of my favorite authors he wrote um the art of nonconformity he wrote the 100 dollar startup he wrote a book called side hustle and I think it's in the $100 startup. He says something like, uh, if you were employable once, you'll be employable again, right? And and that comes yeah. to mind for this fact. If you're getting, if you're actually getting what you said you were, which is almost daily headhunters saying, can you come work for us or can you come consult for us? Not only is that like the best safety net ever, Right. You have, if you have 15 months of runway, take six months, continue to get all those headhunters, mm-hmm. but also try to build your business. And, and if in six months it doesn't work out, you still have nine months of runway to then reply to all of those mm-hmm. headhunters and say, yes, I'll take that. Or, or yes, let's do an interview or whatever, right? You are rich with opportunity, it sounds like. So if all of that is true, um, it, it sounds to me like they're mm-hmm. like, like there should be very little fear. There's always going to be a little bit of fear, right? But, there, but very little fear that you could ever get another job or that you could find another client. Because the second piece of this is all of those people that are that are headhunting you, right? They're saying, will you come work for us? You've already had experience going to that nonprofit sure. and saying, I can't do 25 a week, but can you do 10 hours? And they're like, yep, let's do it. You do that mm-hmm. with... Um, with all of those clients that want to hire you full-time as a W-2 employee, anyone who's headhunting you, you say, thank you. I'm so flattered. I would love to come interview with you just to let you know. I don't I don't do this as a W-2 employee. I do this as a contractor. If that works for your business, I'd love to come chat about how you could actually save money while getting someone as good or better as you might get in a full-time position. You'd get my whole agency behind you. It would be you know, 75% of the cost of hiring a full-time position. Um, and I'd love to chat more about it, right? And that becomes a sales opportunity every time someone is coming to you. you you're like rich with inbound leads, basically. Uh, I just think you have lots and lots of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I just never thought of the headhunters as kind of leads. <laughs> you know, so, they 100% are, uh, though, right? Okay, so I shouldn't just ignore them. No, no. I would offer them. <laughs> no, your next client is in there somewhere. Yeah, I would. I would offer them. Uh, I don't know, if Preston. If you just said, I don't know if you said this, but I would offer them a finder's fee. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. 
LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Right? Okay. That, I mean, that makes sense to me. I mean... Oh, you're, you're saying like reverse the process. Have them find clients for Jim. Well, like, so they're if they're headhunting you to yeah. try to get you to work for a company as a Salesforce consultant or whatever... Why don't you just tell them, mm-hmm. hey, I'm, I'm, I will do this as a, I, I do this as a contract, but, you know, if you match me up with somebody, I will pay you a fee. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to tell you right now, headhunters, they probably won't, they probably won't give a crap about you unless, like, they're, they get paid by, mon- by transactions, money. Mm-hmm. So, sure. I would offer. Yeah, them. so that you almost you almost have to find a way to motivate them to go back and convince the client to talk to a contractor. Yeah, like if the clients come to them and said, "Find us a W two employee," you have to. What you're saying, Clay, is you have to flip it on its head and say, "Yeah, say, I do this as a contractor. I'd love to chat with them." Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. Maybe this would be disingenuous. Take the interview. Take the interview <laughs> for a W two employee, and in the interview, say. I would love to come work for you. I do this as a contractor, and here's why this is better than hiring a full-time in-house person or whatever. Uh, there are so many benefits, right? Like you could charge less than they would have to pay a full-time person, and and among th- three to five clients or ten clients, like you said, you'd you'd be making more. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I I never even thought of that angle. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Is- that by itself could probably feed you. Okay. And if I mean, not, I, that same source gets you another job if if something goes terribly wrong, right? Perfect mm-hmm. safety yeah. net. I don't see a downside. <laughs> okay. I will I will definitely 
pursue that option. Um, but I still think I want to try to see if I can develop some sense of, uh, well, it's not to say I'm not doing it on my own, but I'm, I'm wondering if there's kind of a traditional way to do For this. Sure. And I think, yeah. you, you know, and so I'm, I'm very, I am very grateful for that advice because I I just never thought of it because most of the time I feel like it's I don't want to call it spamming but it just feels like I get spammed it is by the, I mean it is cool but it, but it's yeah. spam from highly qualified leads right I mean yeah it's yeah, it, sure. it could be really cool and and yes it's not not everyone's gonna close or whatever but but at least you have but I think what you're saying is that's reactive marketing right you have you have yeah. people messaging you saying like you know. I might want to hire you or I want to chat with you and you're reacting to that. What you want are some proactive marketing strategies or sales strategies to say, I want to be in full control of if my pipeline's full or not. Is that, is that right? Essentially? Yes. Um, and I, I, yeah, and maybe it's just my, uh, <laughs> the feeling in my, in me that I need to be doing something, you know? Sure. So, well, here's, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Yeah. And this is, this is every business, every business. Uh, you need to be working on short-term strategies or mm -hmm. tactics simultaneously with mm -hmm. long-term. So yeah. what we've talked about up until this point is all short-term, right? That you get a like, lead, you pitch. You do the lead. some activity. Yep, that's that's just short. That's short-term. But at the same time, what are some other long? This is what I think. This is what you're asking. What are some long-term stuff that you can do that will eventually replace your short-term activity because it, as you do long-term stuff it'll it will eventually become all inbound right yeah, exactly yeah and i've i've thought about this and 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 clay maybe you, you have a maybe this is a little bit different than where you were going but like i've seen like one of the ideas i thought to do is okay maybe every week I, my clients ask me to do things in Salesforce all the time. And like, sometimes I got to figure out how in the world do you do that? You know? Mm -hmm. And I've thought about just putting out YouTube videos every week of yep. here's how you pass a, you know, a URL variable into a flow via an experience cloud site, you know, stuff like that. It's just kind of like, you know, they can be techie, but I can throw it out there because it's like, well, if I don't do this every day, I'm relying on those sorts of things. So why not contribute to that? You know? But yeah. I just feel like there's so much work with that of just kind of like, you know, putting it out there and, you know, investing in social media and, you know, social media marketing and those sorts of things. I, I don't. Yeah, I guess I'm like I'm struggling to figure out are those areas like what would be most effective, I guess. I don't know if that's in, in, in my opinion. I don't think social media is the best place. Like when I Whoa, hold media. on, hold on. Hey, Clay hey, I don't, I don't always say, <laughs> I, I, I don't always say social media is. No, you don't. But I don't think I've ever heard you say that you that that you don't think social media is the best. Option. I well, in this case, I actually <laughs> well, don't. I don't. You know why? Because that, like, yeah, there's some people on social media that use Salesforce, but like, it's really hard to target. Mm. Um, so. So I'm not saying you don't do it. It's just yeah. like, you know, it's really hard to target people, like just Salesforce people. Um, what I would do is exactly what you just said. I would do YouTube. I would do YouTube in long form. I would do YouTube in like YouTube shorts. 
Um, and I would focus on SEO. I would have a your website that has tons of Salesforce tutorials. And what you do is you you create a like tons of blogs on on tutorials on on how to do a variety of different things in Salesforce, and you combine that with uh, both YouTube, long form, short form. Yeah. Uh, but I think that I think the key here, though, is not to just randomly choose something to to write about. Yeah, you need to be very very strategic about what key phrase that you do. So, like for example, I just did a quick search um, using a. I think it's called. I think that I think you pronounce it as Hrefs. I think so. Um, Everyone says it differently. A, yeah, dot com. Yeah. Um, as a, I, that's what I use for yeah, my keyword too. research. It, it is a premium tool, but mm-hmm. I just, all I did was, and I, fe- and just the way this works for anybody who's listening and doesn't know, when you do keyword research, there's two things you look at. There's keyword difficulty rated out of a hundred and then there's search volume. And I just did a quick, like it literally took me like 20 seconds and there's one I like to find what I call golden key phrases. Like I try to find the ones that are really low difficulty, but have a pretty high volume of searches each month, mm-hmm. which means you could probably write one or two blog articles about that key phrase and you'll probably rank. Um, so there's one here called, and this is the exact search query that people type in. How to create a report in Salesforce, and that might that might mean be wow. that might be super basic stuff in the Salesforce wow. world. But I want to tell you how to create a report in Salesforce has a monthly search volume of four hundred to eight hundred a month, with a keyword difficulty ranking of five out of a hundred. Which basically means someone with your know how could easily come in and write. 1500 to 2000 words on that question answering that question some pictures maybe a video tutorial Mm -hmm. and you would rank top three for that in a couple of months tops yep and you rinse and repeat that as many times as you can yeah like so i i would do i'd probably do this more than weekly more than once i would do it at least twice a week um and just keep doing it be very consistent like Here's another one. How to merge accounts in Salesforce. Yeah. Four to 700 searches, three out of 100. Is on that website where you answer all of those questions through blog posts or videos, you have very, very clear and um, very present calls to action. Like uh, contact me if you have more questions and, mm-hmm. and that becomes a lead, right? Or, uh, or, or hire me to handle all this stuff for you so you don't have yeah. to do it, right? That becomes a contact form input and, and then that becomes a lead. So like the connection is over time, you start to rank, maybe you start to get 30, 40, 50, 60, 100,000 page views a month over a long period of time of all people who are interested in solving problems in Salesforce. And a certain percentage of those are gonna be people who will then contact you this is actually exactly how I found the developer that I work with, which has been phenomenal, um, is I found something on their blog and uh, and then they had like, a, do you still need more help? Uh, we can help you. And, and I literally thought I was just going to mm-hmm. ask them one question, like a very, very specific question. And then they just like solved it so fast and so easy. I was like, do you guys do development work? And they were like, yeah. 
And now I literally send them jobs every week, uh, development work to do. So this strategy definitely works. It takes a minute to get it up and running and it takes consistency, uh, consistent effort, but it it definitely pays off. Wow. Thank you. And yeah, because it's interesting, like as I listen to both of you explain that, like so often when I'm thinking about Salesforce and I'm going on to Google or I'm going on to YouTube, like even the example I gave you five minutes ago, it, 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 it's very technical. Like I'm thinking of it as a as a techie. I'm not thinking of it as an end user. Like I'm not thinking of it the way the customer comes to me and asks the question. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the the yeah, that's a little bit of the challenge, I think, for me. It's like, okay, how would my end user, how would my client actually go looking for this? Yes. You know, so- <laughs> yeah, write, write yep. content for your potential clients, not for people in your space. Yeah. I, I saw this so often early on, like in the design space. Um, it was like designers wanted to, they would write articles and it was like, it was like about, yeah. about it was for designers. And I'm like, look, you're not going to get any clients because designers aren't going to hire other designers necessarily, right? Not as much as a, a non-designer yeah. would. Exactly. But I mean, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like getting out of the, uh, out of the trees to mm-hmm. see the, the yeah, bigger for forest. Sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. I think yeah. too, that, that is twist of I'm, fate. I, I'm going to recommend some social media ideas. <laughs> uh, Wait, Preston? <laughs> recommending social media? No way. <laughs> I know. I know. Like Clay's <laughs> recommending search and I'm recommending social. It just feels so backwards. But, <laughs> But but I think you could pair some of this content as you wait for it to rank and take off organically. You could push some of that out there through social. Like yeah. you could search. And in fact, you could get content ideas from social media as well. Because those search, what I have found is those search tools are great. Ahrefs is really, really great. Um, but sometimes there are very niche questions. Mm-hmm. They call them long tail questions, right? That that just don't show up in there, but enough people are asking that it would be worth publishing something around. So like you might go yeah. to LinkedIn or you might go to Twitter or you might go to Quora or somewhere like that and, and look up questions, you know, how to Salesforce something and see see what shows up. And then you could create content and then you go back to that post and you say, you say, Hey, I wrote this article for you or Hey, I created this video for you. And you just link it up. And then anytime any, you know, if by chance that happens to rank for the question, then you're still there. And if it, and, or you might rank or you, or both might happen. And then you get two placements Mm -hmm. on, you know, front page of Google. And if nothing else, you've helped that one person, which you've already proven could work out in your benefit, just like the nonprofit situation you shared with us earlier. So I think sort of pairing the two together could be a really great strategy for you on, on a long-term basis. Again, this is long-term play, right? You take those inbounds we talked about earlier in the show, that's your short-term play. And your long-term play is building a a repository of helpful content that can upsell to hiring you. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So one question on just kind of like, as I was thinking through this also, and I'm just curious your thoughts on this, you know, we're in such a virtual world. I mean, basically I, I can work from anywhere, you know, that I can get onto the internet. Is there, particularly with my business and my type of business in mind, is there an advantage of working through like, of getting to know like the local chamber of commerce and those sorts of like local groups or is do you think most of the work that I would probably be do, like, or am I just limiting myself and you know looking at the opportunity cost? I think yours is global. It is. I think yours yeah. is global. Okay. 
the issue is just that your niche is already that they use a certain software. Yeah. And so then yep. you'd almost be niching down too far. I keep going between niche and niche. <laughs> you'd be niching down too far, right? Because you'd be saying people who live in my local area and use Salesforce, I think the audience would just get too small. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, and I guess that's kind of the thing. It's like, um, I, you know, one of my clients is based in Colorado and I flew out there just to meet them, you know, and it was just kind of like, um, and, and I mean, it, it improved the relationship, but I had already been working with them for like eight months, you know, and, and just to kind of, I, you know, I just had a chance to personally connect. And I guess that, that was kind of the question. That's what I was thinking about. It's like, how much of that trust factor do mm. you really need up front, you know, kind of when you're trying to do the marketing or the selling or that kind of thing? Yeah, I think, you know, depending on your price point, like, are you, are you, Willing to share your price point, like how much a, a client might share with or might spend with you on a, a monthly basis. For well, and you know, I kind of actually got this from one of your other podcasts. My first client, I'm at, um, I'm at eighty an hour, and my which I think is kind of low. And the second client, I took at one twenty five an hour. Okay. Wait, which podcast did you listen to? Because I'm pretty sure, like all the podcasts, we say get away we from hours. Yeah, hour no, 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 about raising the rate. The challenge is, is based on the way I'm doing the services, you know, because I'd like to get to a point of just kind of, man- you know, where I'm doing a retainer. But just based on the the nature of like, people are just essentially buying blocks of hours from me. Yeah, don't do so that. That's- yeah. Stop. Don't do okay. that stuff. <laughs> what? Now you can still base it on uh, on hours, but just internally That's in your right. head. So, like, if you if you charge eighty an hour, wow. and and after you ask pre qualifying questions, and you know this is going to be a ten hour a month thing, then just say, hey, this is eight hundred dollars a yeah. month. Well, the the thing I was saying is, I raised my rate and just didn't even get a blank. You know, I was like, yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of what I was getting at. But yes, yeah. I really do. And that's another question. I was kind of focusing this call really more on the marketing side, but I, even on the pricing side, that has really been the challenge for me is to get a getting kind of away from that hourly mm-hmm. service, you know, because I want, and, and that's kind of the thing. It's like growing. I want to be doing flat rate billing basically yeah. rather than answer, answer this to, question for me, Jim. So yeah. if someone were to hire you, as a full-time employee, would they pay you hourly or mm-hmm. would they pay you on a salary? Salary. Sorry, say again? Almost. A salary, yeah. almost, in, almost absolutely. Yeah. And so isn't it, isn't it interesting that in the workplace, we, in, in jobs like yours, we don't even blink an eye at a salary job, right? Because, um, because that's just what's expected. The the client's going to pay in this case your empl- in this case your employer is going to pay a flat fee every month for you to work there. And then we become freelancers yeah. and we're like, "Oh, we got to charge hourly," right? Um in reality, clients exactly. are used to paying salary. <laughs> They're used to paying retainers yeah. for their employees. That's all it is. It's the same thing, right? And so so then the second question for me becomes you know what what would what would someone like you what's an average salary for someone who offers the services you do as a freelancer but as a full-time employee does that make sense yeah what would a good salary uh, be a good average salary 
Probably in the neighborhood of 130, 140. Okay. So as a client, I'm hiring someone like Jim and I'm paying them over $10,000 a month, right? Plus benefits yeah. and whatever. Uh, I'm So I'm paying over $10,000 a month for Jim to work full-time in my business. Okay. So now let's say, uh, you know, I don't want to have a full-time person. I don't need a full-time person anymore. I want to have a part-time person, someone who works 20 hours a week. So I go find a freelancer and they, uh, all of a sudden are going to charge me what? $800 a month or something like that's insane. You're going from 10,000 to $800 a month. You're imagine the deal they would feel like they're getting. If you charge them $3,500 a month or $5,000 a month, they're still getting a, a steal. It's still a great deal for them. And imagine the amount of business you could do right? Mm-hmm. With clients at $3,500 to $5,000 a month. And Absolutely. so instead of saying that, hourly, you say, I'm going to charge three grand wow. a month times 10 clients or whatever it needs to be. And all of a sudden you're in business. For the same result. Exactly. For the same result. That's the thing. A lot of people will be hung up on like, well, yeah, that doesn't make any sense because like they're only paying me for 15 hours a month versus you know, a hundred, yes. like 40 hours a week full time. Yes. But like the way that's, you don't pitch it that way. You pitch it as guess what? I'm going to get you the same result versus if yeah. you just hire somebody. Yeah. Thanks time. for bringing that all the way back around because that's, so that's why hourly is the worst way to bill yourself. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I needed, I needed to hear that. <laughs> Plus so. here's another, here's yeah. another thing too. Here's, here's another, uh, hole in hourly is the fact that they don't know. They're, like they're hiring you to fix their sales force, right? They have yes. no freaking clue how long something is going to take because they are not the experts. Yes. And sometimes even the extra, you know, even I struggle on some yeah. projects determining, you know, Accurate estimates. Oh, you'll be it, amazed it and relieved at how much time you save not having to do hourly estimates if you just charge your client mm-hmm. a monthly yeah. retainer. It's amazing. And even on those ones that you struggle and estimate on, like if you think it's going to take 10 hours a month, man, just put some cushion in there and then yeah. charge them for it. Yep. Yeah, that's – Yeah. Got I'd, it. I'd work up a couple packages. One's yeah. the One that's like – you know, 30% of what you'd typically pay a full-time employee, one that's 50% of it, one that's 75% of it. Any, any way they slice it, they're going to get a deal. Um, and you're going to, you're going to get a good client that pays a nice monthly retainer. Um, yeah, I think that's just a solid way to go for it. I, I like, I, I mean, I've said this a couple of times. I just think you're in a good, good yeah. place. If they're, if they're paying full-time so people that yeah, do your work, you. 140 grand a year, like you can get some high paying monthly clients for sure. Yeah. I think the average Salesforce administrator, I'd have to go back and look at the last survey on it, but it, it's basically about a hundred thousand a year. And I'm kind of at the architect yeah. level. I'm not just kind of the, an admin at this point. So I've been in the, uh, I've been in Salesforce for five years and yeah, so it's, yep. it's just, yep, for sure. Growth. I think you're in a really good place. Um, Jim, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of the episode. Is there any like last minute quick fire questions that we can help you out with? Or do you feel pretty good at this point? No, I'm feeling pretty good at this point. I think it's, uh, you know, I, 
you guys offer such a great service to everyone out there that's trying to do this. I mean, I'm not sure I would even be thinking about pushing this forward as much as I am if it weren't for you. Oh my so, goodness. That's so nice of you to say. That's so much. Uh, yeah. I'm just grateful for you guys and keep up the great work. Oh man. Thank you. We're grateful for you and for all the listeners and particularly the listeners who come on the show. We'd love to have you join us. Jim, why don't you quickly tell people where they can connect with you if they want to hire you? Maybe your last and final client that you need to make the leap is listening to the show right now. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, yes, uh, my website uh, that I it's I'm still working through it, but it's uh, higherrock.us. Great. Well, Jim, thanks again, and uh, I've been Preston from Milo.co and Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. We will talk to you guys on the next episode. See ya. See ya. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.